the Hardline Sports Talk with Michael Merlo and John Michael Masiri on the SND Podcast Channel. That's right. Here we go. Episode 63 of the Hardline Sports Talk. I am Michael Merlo. I'm with John Michael Masiri. JM, on this fine day, we're having a beautiful weather-wise day. How are you today? Uh, couldn't have said it better than yourself, Michael. Uh, great day. Love the weather. Get, should have gotten a little tan on today. I mean, who knows? UVs are going up. So is the temperature. I'm, I'm loving life right now, man. Done with school. I'm ready to rock. Happy summer. We're back from a little break. School ending. I'm done tomorrow. Thankfully, you're done now. So that's why we had to take a little break. Our first episode since the draft. We are back and ready to go. Uh, this is going to be an insane summer, especially for both of us with our baseball teams. We've still got the NBA playoffs going on. And then just like that, it'll be football season. So you got to stay right here for the uh, for the summer because it's going to be a fun one. But um, anyway, we are back and we are going to start with baseball because we've had a great start to the spring, I would say. Yeah, you know, I was going to say the Yankees are like just playing good baseball. It, it's really it's um it's a sickening thing for me mentally that they just affect my overall mood every day. Like they're playing good. I'm having a good day. The Yankees have a bad loss. The next day I'm pissed all day. doesn't matter what's going on in my life. So, yeah, you know, some would call that unhealthy, but uh, as long as they're winning games, I think it's healthy. No, I, I mean, yeah, but it's, it's really sad. I mean, the Mets are losing eight, three right now and I'm not in a terrible mood. You know, listen, you lose to bad teams some days. I'm fine. You if, take they a losing loss. To the, if they were losing to the Phillies, okay, I get mad. I get upset. But it's the Nationals. We'll be fine. Did you see? Well, we're going to talk about the Dodgers in a minute. But uh, we are going to start with the Yankees. Dodgers lost a series to the Pirates. Look at the Pittsburgh Pirates, baby. The Pirates yeah, and the so Reds playing great baseball lately. Great baseball. Um, all right, let's start off with your New York Yankees, who beat – their rival Toronto Blue Jays. And this looks like it's going to be a nice little rivalry for the next, uh, definitely for this season. And I think for the future, both teams are going to be uh, loaded and ready to go. The, the Jays are very young and the Yankees are always in contention, but the Yankees take uh, a sweep of the sl- small two game series, which to me is a waste of time, a two game series. I, I, I don't really care where you're coming from in the country. If you have to travel for a two game series and it doesn't, I don't love it. Very odd. Plus, it was a night game with a twelve thirty-five start the next day, which yeah. you don't see on the East Coast like ever. Um, yeah, a little bit of a weird scheduling because you'll usually see those two-game series for like you know interleague. You don't see those for the divisional games. But um, yeah, I mean, you said it. This looks like it's going to be a little rivalry. You know, every game basically has been intense. There's been lots of moments uh, between the Yankees and the Blue Jays where there was heated moments with arguing at each other, uh, throwing at each other, right? Yumi Garcia got ejected yesterday. Uh, Severino had that little incident with Alec Manoa in the first series of the year where he was, you know, they were yelling at each other. Um, and then obviously the umpires. I mean, Charlie Montoyo, I think, lost years off his life based off that game the other night. Um, but yeah, I mean, Yankees are off to a great start and a, a really good start against them. They're six and three. They're about halfway through the se- the season series against the Blue Jays. So I'm liking what I'm seeing. Yeah. And the Blue Jays, who I think pre- I predicted to win the World Series, definitely get there. I forget who I picked to 
win it. I think it was the Brewers that actually had them beating the Brewers. Whatever. Uh, you, you picked them to win the Blue Jays. I picked the Blue Jays to win? Yeah. I have a bet with the Brewers. I also have a bet with the Blue Jays. Anyway, doesn't matter. Um, the Blue Jays have gotten off to not a terrible start, not a great start, not what people expected. They have dealt with a bunch of injuries um, all over, so – I feel like they're going to get it going. I know you don't feel the same way. I feel. I just feel like they'll get everybody back. They'll figure something out. Um, they're still a very talented team, but it's, it's still early, obviously. But the Yankees have handled them well. I've been impressed with the way the Yankees have played against them. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're, they're, they're off to a eh start. Um, I think their record is pretty much showing the way they've been playing. Uh, I know their run differential is a negative. And um, this Blue Jays team, some of the weird things about them, Bo Bichette is a guy who's off to a pretty bad start, which I'm surprised at. And not only is his bat not great, uh, his defense has been bad, actually. It's been, like, below average. Uh, But I'm surprised. I would not be concerned at all. Every time the Yankees play them, I'm always scared when he comes up to the plate. He's got a great swing, a good approach. He'll turn around the back quickly. Um, the defense, he's an athletic guy, but, you know, that doesn't mean everything as a middle infield. There's a lot of athletic guys who uh, tend to get sloppy with the gloves, so we'll see how the defense pans out, but I think the bat will be just fine for him. Yeah, I wouldn't be too worried about him. What kind of year is Vlad having? Vlad is having good, not great year. He's been a little up and down, um, but coming into the series, I think his OPS was in like the 860, 870 range. Oh, okay which is, you know, a great year for a lot of players, but for Vlad is is not up to his standards. Um, well, based off of last season, of course not. Yeah. I mean, That's listen, this, this, weekend. this Blue Jays team, they are – we know about the lineup. Um, the depth with the lineup's a bit of a concern. I think Matt Chapman is just about what you're seeing right now. He's not going to be a Matt Chapman of 2017 where he's – flirting with a top 10 MVP finish. And I, I, those days are over in my opinion. I don't see that with his bat. Um, and towards the bottom of the lineup, you know, they're still trying to figure out catcher. You got Alejandro Kirk back there or whatever. Um, so maybe I think they're lacking a little depth in that lineup. Um, and the rotation is good, but you got some guys off to some concerning starts like Jose Barrios. My AL sign award pick. I know. I've been very worried about Jose Brios. Uh, Ryu, who was not pitching well, he's hurt right now. Uh, they've had Ross Stripling in there. He hasn't been too bad. Kikuchi's been up and down. Alex Manoa's off to a very nice start. But uh, that that's really it. I, am I yeah. forgetting anybody? Gaussman. Gaussman's been unbelievable. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm looking at Chapman's numbers right now. He really has fell off since, you know, what year is this? Since 2020 and even, you know, we don't really count that. 2019, he hasn't been great. So, um, he's a wizard defensively. They're also very right-handed. They are very right-handed, which, you know, we used to talk about with the, about that with the Yankees all the time, right? Over the all the time. Years, those heavy right-handed lineups. And, um, you know, I always kind of brushed it off. But I think it does make a slight, slight difference. I think the Yankees felt that when they played the Rays in the, the DS a couple years ago, 2020, when they had all these fire-throwing uh, right-handed relievers coming out of the bullpen and the Yankees, you know, couldn't catch up to their fastballs coming from the same side. So I think it makes a slight difference. I don't well, think it makes something a, to ignore. It makes a difference, but you know, when you're, when you're the Yankees and you do have that short porch out there and I feel you know, it just kind of didn't make sense to maybe not take advantage of that with a big power hitting lefty. 
You know, that's I'm I'm so glad you brought up the short court. Even hold on, even though right now with these dead balls doesn't mean a thing. Yeah. But I don't I don't get I feel like every year with the Yankees, the short porch becomes a more and more relevant. I don't even want to say problem, just topic around baseball, you know, yes. the fandom and around social media and everything like that. And I don't get, I mean, you got this idiot Chris Woodward going out, calling it a little league ballpark when his Cole Calhoun hit a game, uh, game tying home run that was literally a wall scraper to the short porch. So you're playing at both, you know, both teams are playing on the same field. And, uh, and he called it the short porch. Meanwhile, Glaver's home run, like would have been out at like so many different stadiums. Um, I'm really happy he wasn't uh, playing the Yankees last night with Stanton's home run. Yeah, yeah, that one. That was two out of thirty on uh, wooded I'll dong. Give, I'll give him that one. Yeah, the wooded love, love the wooded dong. It's really great. It's a great. And there's page. this, there's this Twitter account too called um, it's like Barrel Up, and they give you an expect like they give you the launch angle, what it was, fly out double, expected batting whatever, average, and expected batting average. I love that one because yeah. there have been so many balls where I'm like that feels like it should be gone. Like right. that one should be, should be gone. And there's so many times I've said that about the Mets and other games that I was watching Matt Chapman before I thought he took uh, hit a go ahead, three run shot before against the Yankees. And he didn't expecting batting average of eight fifty. but it, anyway, these Twitter accounts are great. I'll say this as an educated fan. I love joking about the short porch. I know it makes a lot of Yankee fans really annoyed. I've come to realize you do play at the same park. You can take that advantage um, but it is funny. And I can understand if your team gets screwed by it here and there, if, if, you know, it's the first game of the series and they do hit a walk-off home run to the short porch. Like I can understand being upset about it, but again, I, I don't think you should go out there and complain on your post-game press conference. You sound like an idiot. Yeah, exactly. I mean, what do you want them to do? You want them to pull a, a Camden yards and go out and make it 398 to left center with 20 feet foot walls. That stadium, I can't. I can't watch the Orioles. I mean, I don't like watching the Orioles in general, but I can't look at clips in that stadium and 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 not shut my phone off or close out of the video. It's it's horrible. It looks like City Field when they first opened it. Remember it looks, with the black walls? And yeah. It was like it was literally that, like three ninety five to like left field. It looks awful. Like a horrible job. Um. Yeah. Horrible idea. I mean, just going back to the Yankees, um, Judge is on a tear, com- continues to be on a tear. I think he's on pace to to break, you know, we're, we're, we're 28 games in, but for his sake. Uh, but he's on pace to break his 52 home run record. He's got like 10 home run, 10 at-bats per home run right now, which is fantastic. Well, it's not a record anymore. What's his record? His personal right. record. Yeah. His per- okay. Way, his to throw, way to throw that in there. Um, well, he's not a rookie anymore. It wouldn't be breaking a record. No, I know. It's his own record. Oh, and Pete broke it. Right. Yeah. Pete, yeah, uh, yeah uh, um, yeah, but Judge is looking fantastic. Um, definitely looks like a man who who is hungry to get paid. And at this rate, he's gonna get paid and he's gonna get paid a lot of money. Um, and I like the Yankees team, it's got it's got a lot of swag. The pitching is fantastic, and it's got a little feel to it, a little nice feel to it. That's what you want. You want a team with a little swag, little well, nice feel to it. You're relaxed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, judges. And I was doing a radio show before, and I, I brought it up. I'm like, you know, at this pace, I, I, I threw out a number. I said, what if he hits 45 home runs? He plays 140 some odd games. 
uh, drives in whatever over a hundred guys, nine, nine fifty OPS. Like, what do you, what do you think he gets? Like, what do the Yankees have to offer him for him to stay? And I'm thinking it's gotta be in the, the range in which he was asking for, which was about 200, what? $90 million, about, about $35 million a year. I can't give you the years. I wouldn't even know what to guess. Seven, eight, nine. I mean, that's what it would have to be. But that's the discussion right now is that Aaron Judge is having such a great year to start. And he looks like a man, like you said, on a mission to get the contract that he wanted that the Yankees would not give him. They were far apart. I think he's going to ask for something crazy. Like, I I don't know if he values years more or what he values, but something like eight years, 300, I could see happening. Do the Yankees give it to him? Why not? I mean, why not? Well, I, I have answer. I have answers for you. I mean, I, there is a why not, but do you want them? Sure. What are you, let listen, me guess. What are you going to give me? The guy, he's guys like him, big guy, doesn't play well. No, 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 no. That's not no. That's that's not what I'm giving you. I'm giving you the fact that you've got Giancarlo Stanton on this roster for another six years making $30 million. And then in the last couple of years, about $28 million. You've got Garrett Cole for the next, what, six, seven years mm-hmm. at $36 million even. Yep. How many teams about can have dollars for three guys over a hundred million dollars for three guys. The Yankees are one of those teams that can make it happen, but how willing is Brian Cashman going to be to do that? Or I should say Hal Steinbrenner to do that. Of course, Cashman wants to do that. Right. How willing is Hal Steinbrenner going to be? I mean, maybe, you know, uh, it's it's way easier said than done. Maybe they explore something with Stanton with a different team. You know, he's still a very a highly productive player, very good hitter. So uh, I don't know how many teams will be willing to take on that deal that are contending teams that have the space to do that or the desire to, to do that. Um, I mean, yeah, listen. There's only so much money you can give, and that goes around. Um, you know, you can't. The there's no salary cap, but there there are penalties and thresholds and everything like that. And you can't just go out and have a five hundred million dollar payroll. It's just unrealistic. So well, for some teams, have, they do have to be economical. Um, I see a lot of Juan Soto stuff. So so do I. If the Yankees are going to move on from Judge, uh, a nice consolation prize of Juan Soto is is not bad at all. Um, yeah, but, but you're a hundred and ten percent then moving off of. Do you have you have to move off of Stanton to do that still? So, but I mean, of, of course, you do that a hundred percent. The Soto thing does not make a ton of sense to me though, because I think. And listen, this is all super hypothetical. It was just rumors. We, we don't even know if the Yankees have any interest in Juan Soto. But he's not – I'm not doubting the talent at all. I mean, he's just as good, if not better, than judges as a player. Um, he's going to want to get paid. You know, they, he's not under his rookie contract for another six years. He's not a rookie. Uh, he's going to want to get paid this offseason, the next offseason, whenever – uh, but within the next two or three years. So you're going to have to pay him anyways. You're probably going to have to give him more than judge just because a he's, lot more. 
I don't know what route Soto goes. I don't know if he signs a six-year deal or a 12-year deal, right? He could get paid twice. He could get paid once, whatever he wants to do. Um, I know it's obviously riskier getting paid twice because you got to bet on yourself again. But, um, yeah, you got to make a decision of, of who you want going forward, who you think the better player would be. And also with Soto, you're not just getting him for free. They're not the Nationals aren't just going to give him to you. You're going to have to give up Jason Dominguez and Anthony Volpe probably. Maybe something else. And- too more oh a lot more yeah so what do you want to sign up for i would sign up for judge you know the guy can play in new york he's a fan favorite he should be the captain of the team i mean if they re-sign him i think that'll be part of the contract um he's just he's he's the he's the closest thing to Derek jeter that there's been he's a better player than Derek jeter i know there's gonna be a lot of people that are like gonna blow their lid over that but well, idiots will be idiots. The guy is. I mean, as much as we love Derek Jeter, he was never a widely renowned MVP candidate like judges year in and year out. Oh, I mean, he's a great player. Indeed. A little bit. A little bit. What uh was true. What what number does uh, I got my calculator out? What number does Soto get? What's he gonna hit the market as? 26-year-old? Yeah. He'll get 13, 14 years, 400. I just did the math. 50. I don't think he gets 500. I think that's. I think he gets 500. I don't think so. I know that that's. For 13 years, it's $38 million a year. I don't think so. He's actually conceding on that. That's instead half a billion dollars. It'll happen one day. I don't, I just don't think it's. I think he's it. I think that's the guy. He's the closest thing to Ted Williams we've ever seen. He is. I don't he know. He just hit a he hit he hit a bomb off of um McGill today. Oh my god. 500 mil is a lot of money, dude. We haven't seen what, what have we seen one 400 million guy? We've Harper? seen one 400 million dollar guy. I mean uh Trout Trout. We've seen a few a lot of 300 million guys. Yeah, $500 million. Can you imagine that? But Trout is the closest thing that we've compared to a Willie Mays, Mickey Mantle. And he got 400. What do you got? 420, something like that? It was also at a a different time. It was, you know, he wasn't. I'm not calling Trout an older guy, but he wasn't as young as Soda will be on the open market. Trout also never hit the open market. Yeah, so not um, even hitting the open market, he got 426. Bang, Rangers win. Beautiful. Talk um, about that in a second. We're having a very interesting money conversation, which I, I love doing this in baseball. This is, this is what makes baseball great. It's that you can have these conversations of this is what this guy can make. Baseball is no him? doubt – it's 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 everything. I mean, there's so many different fun things that you can do with it. Me and my roommates will be playing, guess that, 2008 NL All-Star all day long, basically, just giving each other hints about these random statistics and figuring it out. And that's what you, I'll, I'll do that all day. You know, it's, it's the best. Nothing like it. 
Um, Let's move on to. Yeah, I was gonna say, come on. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're gonna skip the Mets for a minute. I do. Want, we'll talk about the Dodgers because the Mets and the Angels somehow go together. Um, <laughs> so we'll talk about the Dodgers. No correlation whatsoever to the Mets and the Angels. So we'll talk about the Dodgers, who just lost a three-game series to the Pittsburgh Pirates. And let me tell you this: when I saw this before, I said the first thing that popped in my mind was, "This is what's wrong with." the playoff series of three games that yeah you're gonna have you know three four five six and hopefully five six you know the difference between those teams isn't major you're still gonna see a good team go down yeah you the mlb better hope you know you don't have a 98 95 and a 96 game winner and you know, the 95 win team has to play in that wild card game against the 84 win team. And they somehow, you know, beat them two out of three times. It's possible. We just saw a team that's going to win 60 games, beat a team that's going to win over hundred games. Yeah. Um, listen, I get your point. Um, I wouldn't be too worried about it though. The way, listen, when the, the, the wild card game was a thing, right. When it first became a thing, I hated it. I was like, that's insane. A one game playoff. It's baseball. Anything can happen. And I, I grew to love the wild card game. Not when my team was in it. I mean, I think there were still problems with the randomness and whatever, but it was great for entertainment purposes. And it, cre- it created that game seven feel because it is, it's a winner go home game. Um, so I think having a, a series like that, a three game set it, the more games, the less randomness there will be. And the fact that I didn't have a huge problem with the wild card game, I don't think I'll have a problem with this at all. I hope so. I hope you're right because I did it, grow to love the wild card game too. It's different. You're talking about a regular season game. You know the stakes aren't as high. Maybe you know the 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 starters the way they match up. They don't have their no. You're right. On another team does or they're given rest days and this and that. But when it comes down to uh, a playoff series and three games at home for the team that you know is the higher seed with your best three starting pitchers on the mound, your best lineup you could put out there. It's, I think it's, 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 it makes a big difference. No, you're, you're all right. I should take that. No, I'm not going to take it back, but you're right. Thank you. Appreciate it. Um, but yeah, the Dodgers have been rolling and this is, you know, with um, Mookie Betts in the off to the greatest start, he looks like he's finding a stride now. And the Dodgers whose run differential is 78. Just pretty That's crazy. Um, they are 20 and nine, and they're in the only division in baseball that currently has every team over 500, including the Diamondbacks. Never would have thought that would happen. Good for them. The, you know, the Mets beat them four out of six times, and they came to City Field. It was, you know, the second week of the season, and I'm they're naming the, the lineup, and I'm like, oh my God, I could throw up. And then about a week and a half later, we went to Arizona and played them. And I'm like, first of all, the lineup looks different. And they played a lot better. So, good for the D-backs. I'm happy for them. I wouldn't want to play them right now. Zach Gallen, Merrill Kelly, they're pitching well. Baseball, and that's and even Mad Bum's not having too bad of a year. Yeah, when he's not getting thrown out because uh, <laughs> yeah. he's playing little piggy with his hands. You know, that's another thing. They need to figure out the umpiring badly. And I'll tell you, we're, we'll get into it later, but the NBA has a problem, and they need to figure it out. Oh, okay. figure it out that's what you call a tease Mm -hmm. but um back to the dodgers very quickly i mean this lineup which consists of 
two guys struggling in, in, in Max Muncie and Justin Turner. We both know they're on our fantasy team. Uh, really hitting their stride. Freddie has figured it out, and their pitching has been unbelievable. Clayton Kershaw looks like, you know, Clayton Kershaw of, you know, five years ago. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what you expect with this team. You know, we, we saw in the beginning of the year they were off to a good start, but, you know, maybe not a blazing start like we thought they were going to have. And it was kind of, all right, well, let's see when this lineup starts putting it together. And it's still not completely together, but yeah. they're, they're starting to. And and this is what happens when you have a starting rotation that has a combined ERA of two. You know, you're going to go out and you're going to win a whole lot of baseball games. And that's exactly what the Dodgers are going to do, are doing right now and are going to do over the rest of the season. I mean, this team's going to easily blow past 100 wins. They'll probably flirt with 110, maybe even hit that mark, so... And, and, and this division, I mean, I know it's it's competitive, like you're saying. Um, everybody's over 500 right now. I mean, that's not going to last. I still expect the Rockies and the Diamondbacks to win anywhere from 65 to 75 games. Um, but the Padres are a good team. The Giants are a good team. Dodgers got the first place. I mean, they're not, it's locked up. Unless something major happens with injuries or something, it's the Dodgers division. You know what's crazy? I'm sitting here and, you know, I was kind of down on the Padres. They've looked really good, even without Tatis. Uh, you can make an argument that Manny Machado's the MVP of the National League right now. That's how good he's been playing, stepping up big time. The Giants, who did just go through a big COVID thing, are seven games over 500. And, you know, the, the Mets played them early on. They, their pitching staff, overall bullpen rotation, has been fantastic. Mm -hmm. And I know there were a ton of questions coming into the year about them and if they could repeat the success. And I had that during the offseason, like, oh, I don't think they're going to be able to do it. But as we got close to the season, like, they're going to make the playoffs. And I don't know why we were questioning that. Yep. They are. They are really good. And that's a team that right now I wouldn't want to play. They can pitch. Carlos Rodon has been unbelievable. Yeah, he for was, three years, forty million dollars, two he, years, whatever. Sign me up. He was a guy when you looked at the free agent class last year. You were looking, you were like, Carlos Rodon's a free agent. Like, really? Like, I feel like that's not really being talked about too much. I mean, you weren't expecting him to go out and get Gaussman or or uh, Robbie Ray money, but the guy had a fantastic year last year. Would have flirted with the Cy Young if he stayed healthy the whole year, and that's the only knock on him coming into the season was, you know, he's got a history of injuries, but so far so good. Um, We'll see how he does over the full year, if he can give you 30 starts, but nasty. I mean, the strikeout numbers are incredible. And that, that Giants rotation, I mean, you're talking about how great of a team they are, and, and I wouldn't want to play them either. Logan Webb and him, that's a great one-two punch. I know we're going all over the place. Back to the Dodgers quickly again. Um, you know, I'm, I'm looking at their top, you know, one through eight OPS numbers. So Freddie leads him at nine 11. Then you've got Mookie bat seven sixty one. He's cooled off since the hitting streak. Then you've got Gavin Lux seven fifteen. He's not playing every day, but, um, he's playing some days, Chris Taylor, blah, blah, blah. You got to go to five over here to get to Trey Turner, who was somebody that I was really, really high on and a six eighty six OPS. So he hasn't even turned it on yet. A ton of these guys have it. Imagine when this offense figures it out. Imagine. They're already 11 games over 500. 
But this offense is going to get going, and it, it, nobody's talking about it, but a lot of their big guys aren't hitting right now, and they're going to, and that's that's a scary sight. That'll be a scary sight. It is a very, very, very scary sight. How's Bellinger? He was off to a pretty decent he's been, start. He's been really up and down. He's got a 669 OPS right now, though. Yeah. He stopped hitting home runs. So oh, that's such a weird story. Hey, of, he's not he's not as bad as last year. I mean, I mean, is he gonna be one of those guys, you know, years down the line when you're saying, Oh, MVP this year, you're gonna be like, Wow, Cody Ballinger, remember him? He won an MVP, really? Who knows? I don't I hope not. Who's a guy like you know? that? I mean, like Josh Hamilton was great, but just fell off a cliff quickly. Um Miguel Tejada, it's kind of a random MVP. 2002, 20 years ago. Anybody else? Ryan Braun, he had a good career, though. Yeah, yeah, he was good. Oh, no, Matt Kemp didn't win. He lost to Braun. Yeah, but Matt Kemp was a good player, too. Donaldson? He was legit for a few years. He was really good for a few years. And it's not like he's, like, horrible now. He's still a good, serviceable player. I mean, but even before he got to the Yankees, he was, you know, hitting home runs. Yeah, Yelich might become that. Yelich unfortunately, too. the two of them are always tied together because they were racing each other for the MVP, like back to back years. Uh, the Mets are off to a very nice start as well. Uh, twenty one and ten on the season will be twenty one and eleven as soon as this game wraps up in Washington. But uh, not much I can complain about as a Mets fan. Really, I I, I can't. I've been thrilled with a lot of things. Um, their bullpen hasn't been the greatest, but what I've come to realize is that it's been a little over-exaggerated. Now, do I believe that it's good enough to win a championship? No, they have to add to it, and they will. I'm not worried about it, but it's not as bad as people think. It's the worst part of their team, sure, but it's not as bad as people think. Um, they'll be just fine, and again, I, I'm confident they will add to that uh, part of the team. I think the Mets are a good story of sometimes you don't need everybody always thinks, you know, we need to to get these stars and add this and these, you know, huge players go out and get a guy of $30 million guy. Sometimes all you need is just depth. And I think the Mets lack that desperately over the past couple of years, uh, especially on the offensive side of the ball. And I think that they're figuring that out this year, that they have great depth on the offense, and it's it's working. I mean, you have guys stepping up in these roles playing great, like Mark Hanna and Eduardo Escobar has done a great job for you guys. Now you got even uh, – what's his face? Uh, outfielder. What's his name with the long hair? Oh, my God. Travis Jan- – My favorite player on yeah. the match, Travis Jankowski. Travis Jankowski. Um and Jeff McNeil, I mean, he's not a role player. He's been a starter for the Mets for a couple of years now. But a star for this team this season. Having a great season. Um, yeah, sometimes that's all you need. Dom Smith has filled pretty well into his role. Up and down, yes. Had some clutch gotta, for them. Yes, he has. Uh, listen, I, I think, I, you know, something that you're not saying, but I think you're trying to say is that they do the little things right. Right. And – Something that I've noticed is that they don't really strike out that much and they do put the ball in play. And one of the things when they were constructing this team, when they signed Marte and Canna 
and Escobar. I, I said there's a there's like a correlation to this, the similarities. And this was these guys don't strike out. They put the ball in play. And I think they were trying to become this team like the like we've seen with the Astros over the years. And the Astros were very successful. They hit home runs, sure, and they but they put the ball in play and they hit for high averages and they didn't strike out as much. And I was like, I love this approach. I really do. The Mets play great small ball. They do the little things right. They haven't hit a ton of home runs. I'd like to see that a little more. Like I, I, I don't want to rely on the home run. I don't want to live and die by the home run. Yeah. But you know, Pete is hitting a lot. He's hitting some more home runs. Uh, he was on a uh, little cold stretch of hitting home runs. He was hitting base hits, base hits, but not for power. The Detroit Tigers have 12 home runs. That's crazy. Where are the Mets on that list? The Mets are, I think, 18th, 19th, 26th. Yeah. Listen, I think something that you're leaving out about the Mets that we need to talk about, the defense. I mean, I think this is something that we're starting to figure out as Mets and Yankees fans because they've both had phenomenal defense this year. Yankees have the least errors in the MLB. The Mets have, like, the sixth-fewest Defense is really important. And, you know, we, we think of it as, you know, once in a while they'll, you know, somebody will make an error. Okay. Big deal. You can live with that if you have a good lineup, but you know, a lot of the time, it's not just that it's guys covering, you know, getting the balls in the gap and, and getting good relays together. I mean, baseball is a game of inches and it's a cliche. It's a saying, but it's true. It really is. And I think having an athletic team and a, a, a great defense behind you, it, it gives pitchers confidence. It gives your team confidence. I think it's it's a really nice tool to have. Yeah, it's been big. And I think that also it's kind of, you know, a coaching staff type thing too, where if, if you believe in that stuff, if you have good coaching around you, a good manager, um, you're going to feel good at that. One thing before I get to the pitching of this team, I I've cracked jokes about them. Not many people like them and thought it was a good idea. I apologize for any joke I made. It was a sin that Buckshaw Walter was not a manager for whatever. It was five years. It was, it's a sin. Yeah. This guy has been a godsend for this team. And I'm so happy he's our manager. And sure, I'm going to disagree with moves he makes. I've disagreed with a few of them that he's made in the bullpen. I'm like, you just made this mistake yesterday, Buck. Why are you doing it again? And it works. It doesn't work. I'm going to disagree. It doesn't matter what the who the manager is. And managers are going to make mistakes like that. But there are so many things that managers do do that we don't even see. But you start to realize as it you know the season goes on. Listen, uh, don't don't get too comfortable though. Don't get too comfortable with Buck Walter. A month from now, you can hate him. It'll take him the take you the whole year. They're in the uh, oh know, yeah, has, I know. He makes a horrible decision. You'll hate him. So let's not pull Joe Judge and, you know, put this guy in eh. Cooperstown already. I mean, he is in Cooperstown. He's had a great career, but. Um, you know, but if he if he does make a bad mistake in the playoffs, I don't know if I'll hate him. You know, like if we are a good team, we get to the playoffs and there's a mistake made. I don't know if I'll hate him. Listen. I don't know if I'll, I'll be upset in the moment and I'll say, what the hell are you doing? You'll say, but well, I don't know. You'll, you'll, you'll love him. You'll hate him. You'll be in the middle, whatever happens. But how do you feel about Joe judge? You hate him. 
I mean, you know, yeah, you, you I guess. Him. I know you I hate mean, him. A year ago, you oh my god, I love Joe Judge. Like, oh my I god. do love Joe. I did love Joe Judge. So I love Brian Dayball too. Just you know, <laughs> um, just before you get into whatever else we're gonna talk about, um, just going back to this whole fielding thing. I'm looking at the top 10 teams in terms of errors this year, right? Most errors. Pirates, White Sox, Nationals, Diamondbacks, Rockies, Orioles, Athletics, Brewers, Phillies, Rangers. I just named like five bottom five teams in the league. Yep. So errors are a thing. I mean, good fielding is important. I think that that proves it. Yeah. Little things. Do the little and, things right. And last thing, um, the Detroit Tigers just don't play base. I'm just convinced they don't play baseball or they're not real. I love them. Uh, I I was pretty big on them coming into the year. I thought they could get a third or second place finish in this division. And uh, yeah, not looking great. They're last in the MLB in home runs. They are last in um, what was it? I think it's runs. Yeah, they're dead last in runs. Them and the Royals are just not playing baseball. Most errors. They're second to last in OPS. They have, do they have the most errors? No, their defense actually hasn't been too bad. They're like middle of the pack in errors. I mean, they're just not playing baseball. You don't think so? Like what, what else are they doing? They're going out there and having a good time on the field. Yeah, I guess so. Good for them. Oh, and they're last in stolen bases. They have four stolen bases as a team. That's good. That's good. Um, lastly, on the Mets, before we talk about an old friend, uh, their pitching has been unbelievable, starting pitching. Uh, McGill was really bad tonight. I kind of feel like that magic starting to run out a little bit. Um, his command has been off. I've noticed that the last couple of outings. So hopefully he figures that out. Uh, but he's been unbelievable. Uh, Bassett, I want to extend him right now. Tonight, uh, Miguel. That was crazy. Yeah, it was really bad. Tonight. He, he didn't have it. He didn't know where his pitches were going. He was throwing it. He threw three fastballs right down the middle to Soto, and it took Soto on his third try to hit it out. I'm like, yeah. how does not get out two mm. pitches ago? Whatever. Bassett's been great. Scherzer, obviously. Um. Yeah, they've been they've been rolling. Cookie, look at Cookie, big bounce back year from Cookie so far. Good for him. Yeah, hopefully that continues. I got a Phillies prediction before we talk about Noah Syndergaard. Do you mind this Phillies prediction? Very quickly. Sure. I need you. They did just take two out of three from Seattle, which I was surprised about, but it doesn't change a thing. I predict that in their next twenty nine games, they will go ten and nineteen. They will be out of the running, and Joe Girardi will be fired on June 9th before they leave Milwaukee after getting swept by Milwaukee. All right. Go check out their next 29 games and then get back to me. Let's save that. Let's, let's put that everywhere. And if you're right, um, I'm walking off the show. You can have it. (laughs) Could you imagine if I'm right about that? I do think he'll be fired in season, but that's like the next, the, this stretch of games they're on, man. You really think they're going to be that bad? Yeah. They don't – I mean, you know better than me. You watch them play the Mets all the time. I know their defense is not great, which we expected. Has, hasn't been as bad as I thought, but, yeah, not good. Boehm has been better. I don't know what it is about this team. 
this might sound so stupid and so casual, but they have just a bunch of losers. I, I don't think they know how to win. Like they're winning and they don't know what they're doing when they're winning. Right. Reese Hoskins, although he just had a nice series, has not been playing well. Cassianos has been fine. Schwarber, when he's not playing the Mets, has been terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, Harper's got a bark and elbow. He hasn't played the field in a month now. He's just strictly DHing. And he's he's been, you know, he's been okay. And their pitching staff. I mean, Wheeler has been okay. Nola's been good, solid, not great, good. I don't think they have the pitching. And the bullpen's been eh. Jerry's is having a solid year so far. Yeah, so far. Mm. Get back to me in a month. Mm. But yeah, that's that's my Phillies prediction. I think Girardi will be fired June 9th, if not June 9th, a little later before the year ends. You know them. They'll be calm for his head. So and I you, think is are the Philadelphia Phillies the last team that Joe Girardi manages in his career? Yes. Okay. I think I think he's he, I think he's really good on MLB Network, though. I think if it's his choice, like, I think that happens if it's his choice. If he's like, I'm done managing, I want to go on MLB Network, whatever, then yeah. I think if he still wants to manage, I think he probably ends up somewhere else. I think a team, a bad team that's desperate for just a manager with experience will hire him. I mean, anybody gets hired these days. Well, you know what? Tony LaRusso is employed. Right. And if you see what's going on, you know, I kind of thought this with the Mets, you know, Dusty Baker, you know, had a great season last year. Same thing with Tony La Russa, two good teams, won their division. They were older managers. They kind of, you know, almost set the record straight. And, you know, especially in Dusty Baker's case, you know, a good locker room, good culture. I think that's what the Mets were shooting for with Buck. And if that is the case there, same thing with the Padres. They went with an older guy after going with a younger guy in Bob Melvin, although any team would drop their manager, most teams for Bob Melvin. But going with that older guy, maybe you're right. A team that is talented but not winning wants that almost sergeant in there. Exactly. You might be right about that. I think so. I think if it's his choice, he's in. Why is my Alexa making? What are you doing? I like Joe. I I wanted Joe badly. I wanted Joe. Um, you you dodged the bullet. I, I yeah. I mean, really, we did. Me and my dad were talking about the other day. I really wanted Girardi uh, when the Mets hired Beltran, which ended up being Rojas. You're good. Crazy. Yeah. Okay. Uh, very quickly, Noah Syndergaard, Angels. First off, Angels, great start. Uh, Trout is off to an unbelievable start, and they're pitching very well. Uh, was it Taylor Ward? Taylor, Taylor Ward. Ward. Who is he? Can you give me a rundown on that, please? Taylor Ward. Uh, I believe he's a young guy. I mean, I think he's. Let me check. Oh, he's not in the lineup today. Because why would he be? Uh, yeah, oh, you need it. He's 28 years old. Okay. Um, he's got 557 at bats in his career. Okay. Was drafted as like a 21 year old out of college. Uh, first round pick, though. Yeah, I mean, he's been incredible. I mean, he's, if the season ended today, which it doesn't, it's May, but if it did, probably the AL MVP. No way. Yep. Please stop. Merlo, do you not see the guy's numbers? I'm looking at him, but I just got to look up his teammates' numbers for a second. I mean, oh. No, I can't. I'm sorry. It's him or Trout. 
Okay, it's him, fine. If it's him or Trout. I mean, the guy's leading the AL in batting average walks and on base percentage. He's got 490 on base. Wow, that's impressive. That's insane. He'd be top three in MVP. Trout's yeah. numbers are just like this is stupid. Trout's one, he's two. Fine. I agree. How, how does a how does a human being do this? These are like like Video road games. to the show, like put the sliders up, play on beginner. That's what I do. 248 OPS plus. We're talking about dead balls and people, you know, the league numbers are down. This guy's putting up in a a 1200 OPS. 726 percentage. Yeah. And he's getting on base at a 450 clip. If it wasn't for his teammate, would he be leading uh, on base? Oh, also, if I would have told the Los Angeles Angels fan that you would be winning your division, but Anthony, like two years ago, you'd be winning your division, but Anthony Rendon is terrible. Yeah. They'd be like, no, like how could our a top three guy getting paid on our team be horrible and we're winning the ALS? Yeah, that's crazy how bad he's been. I can't believe it. I mean, you know, I watched him a lot when he was with the idiots, the Nationals. The but man, that is bad. And his career numbers are being held up by a good 60-game yeah. season. His oh. last year has been terrible. Come on. Get to get to your – why are you talking about the Angels, really? Tell well, for, us why for, Hold on one second. I, I woke up this morning, and I had to, like, scroll through my phone to, like, the fifth notification on MLB to find out that some random guy threw a one-pitch no-hitter, one-pitch or no-hitter for the uh, Angels. What was his name? I forgot his name. Put me on the spot now. Oh, he doesn't know his name. That's the point. Noah Syndergaard. Idiot. Wow. Why do you have to call us out? What did we do to you other than give you the platform to be Thor, to be this overrated pitcher in New York? What did the Met fan do to you? Why take shots at us? There's no reason. It's not like you're on the Phillies and you're taking, you're playing out West with the angels, please. For the love of God, I don't know how small your head is, what pea brain you have up there, but please forget about us because enough's enough. I mean, this guy, every time he gets a chance to take a shot at the Mets, he does. He takes a shot at the Mets, puts, a st- puts it on his Instagram story. He reposts the score and says, this is what a real no-hitter looks like. Yep. What was the guy's name? I don't know. I don't remember what his name was. Oh, Can we also, was- I'm, I'm, I'm all in on this. Can we stop idolizing no-hitters as much? It, it, I'm getting bored of them. I mean, there's a no. no-hitter. There's a I no-hitter. Cool. There's a no-hitter or somebody flirting with a no-hitter once a week. Uh, so you want to do perfect games. Read Detmers. No, there you go. Two, two strike no-hitters. Two, strike two strikeouts. That's impressive, honestly. Two strikeouts is. Yeah, for the defense. Yeah. Well, yeah. This, this is my thing. Okay, hold on one second. Mets. Se- second team in New York, right? I think that's fair to say. Mets, Mets are the second team in New York, especially mar- marketing-wise. That can change, though, obviously. It can't change out West because the Dodgers will always be number one and the Angels number two. But right now, the Dodgers are one, Angels are two. So even playing field for Mets and Angels. The Mets threw a combined no-hitter, which, by the way, nobody said, oh, this is the most impressive thing on the planet. Nobody said. It's not like Mets fans were going crazy, calling people out because they threw a combined no-hitter. Okay, that's the first thing. Second of all, 
I forgot what second of all was. Oh, yeah. The the Mets combined no-hitter got more coverage, more people knew about it than the Angels' one pitcher no-hitter. Yeah. The only reason why people are talking about it today is because Noah Syndergaard is an idiot. Mm -hmm. Oh, by the way, Taylor Ward came in the game today down 2-0, pinch hit, two-run home run to tie the game. Um, and then now they're in extras. The Rays just put up two in the top of the tenth. They're going into the bottom of the tenth. So but Tyler Wade's numbers just got better. The guy can hit, and look at good for Tyler Wade. Playing well, playing okay. Uh, Austin Romine's an angel too. So yes, he just got called up. Max Andrew Stassi's Velasquez is an angel. So a lot of former Yankees out there, former Yankee role players. Um, no, Tyler Wade, I mean, he's batting 279, 677 OPS, pretty average offensive player, no homers. But, you know, playing pretty good defense for them, and can obviously we know about the speed, so. Good for him. Good for him, fitting a nice little role for that team. Just pains me, you know, because that doesn't pain me. I mean, it's, it's annoying to see Syndergaard, you know, pitch well, you know, like – Kind of wish he was just stinking it up like Stroman was right now. Not that we need him. Not that I'm like, oh, my God, I wish we had Noah Syndergaard. It was one of the greatest things that he declined the qualifying offer for $18.4 million, which he should have never gotten. It was a blessing that he did Mm -hmm. that. Now he's getting cocky. Now he's getting cocky and wait till, you know, two weeks from now. Wait till he's done. No, wait until he's not giving up, you know, soft ground balls and he's actually giving up 450-foot home runs because he's not yeah. striking anybody out. Mm-hmm. Wait until that happens. Idiot. Well, let's do hockey now. Quick, quick rundown of what happened. And then we'll do the NFL and we come back after the NBA. Changing it up on us quick. Cool. Because um, this ran a little long and the Rangers are going to be quick. Rangers just won game five. They extend the series. They're down 3-2 now. Going back to Pittsburgh for game six. Um, Igor Shosturkin, um not a great series so far. I mean, the defense has really killed him, but he's been pulled twice. He's pulled twice in Pittsburgh. So it uh, hasn't been great for him. But has not. No, I'm, listen, you got nothing. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I've been watching this series. I think I've, I've been seen, watching. I think I've All seen right. about 30 seconds total. All right. So so I'll take I'll take care of it right here. Mets lose 8-3 in Washington. Um I think that they're done. I don't think they're going to win game six, but this is a young team that's just getting uh, still finding their way. And maybe they find their way quicker than people think, but I think they're done. That's it for the first segment. Uh, We come back. We've got the NBA playoffs. JM's got a problem with uh, NBA has a big problem, he says. And uh, a little quick NFL. We never got to talk about the draft. So we're just going to talk about how our teams did and who we think really had a great draft. But all that when we come back. The s Podcast Channel. The perfect channel for any style of podcast. We have all different pop culture style podcasts for all of your listening needs. If you would like to start a podcast, you can reach us at sndpodcast at gmail.com. We are always looking for new podcasts to add to our channel, and the topic could be anything you want. So contact us now. Here we go. We're back. Episode 63 of the Hardline Sports Talk. I'm Michael Merlo, and I'm with John Michael Masiri as we are ready. To uh, second segment, we're going to talk about some NBA playoffs, which have been uh, pretty interesting. I've been honest to God, I've been more interested in the NHL playoffs so far. Wow, I've watched really? more NHL playoffs, not just the Rangers too, than the NBA. 
Um, yeah, I've been the opposite. I actually have been keeping up pretty good with the NBA playoffs. I think I've watched at least, you know, half a game to a game of each of these series. Okay. Um, I think besides, no, besides the Suns, I haven't really seen that series much, but I've seen, a, I've really closely followed the Celtics box one and uh, I'm liking what I'm seeing some competitive basketball and defense um, is back. Yeah. It's been, well, we're going to talk about the Bucks and Celtics in a minute, but I'm going to just say that, say that, say what I want to say for that. But uh, just a quick rundown on the other series so far last night, the seven, well, Tuesday night, the 76ers got killed by the heat, uh, lost by 35. Um, crazy. Um, the heat take a three, two lead, headed back to Philadelphia. See if the 76ers can, um, you know, stage off elimination. And uh, same thing, the Suns killed the Mavericks, uh, one by 30. So they take a 3-2 lead, the Suns, and they head back to Dallas. Same thing, Dallas fighting for their lives. Um, yeah, and the Bucks tonight win a close one, come back, win a close one, and beat the Celtics. Oh, was that game in Boston? It was in Boston. In Boston, very, very interesting. So, yeah, um, floor is yours. Embiid, is he good to go, or what's the deal? He's been playing. So, I mean, he, he looked fine. He looked great when they were home. The 76ers have been winning home games. They're inconsistent, but they've been winning home got, games. I know, but after that little incident yesterday, I don't know if he's doing okay. Smacked in the face. I think he's going to play. I think there's no chance in hell that he um, that he does not play. I think he has to play game six. Um, I, I'm hearing a lot of people talking about you know, I saw on ESPN today that first take on, and it was like the Bucks or the Celtics. The winner of this series is the winning the NBA Finals. Like true or false? And like I true. A, I a lot of them said true, but um, I agree. I wouldn't count out the Heat, especially even just you know coming out of the East. I mean, I think there's a lot of great teams in the West. I think the Warriors look really good, but the Heat are really a complete basketball team. I mean, they have good scoring, good depth, and the defense is phenomenal. So I'll say this, they've been banged up. So they, you know, guys have played in the series, guys haven't played in the series, and they're still up 3-2. So it's been it's been impressive what they've been able to do. You're right, especially after, you know, a night where they win by 35. You're like, how are we forgetting about this team? But I don't know, man. I mean, Giannis tonight, 40 points, 11 rebounds, three assists, 16 of 27 from the field. He leads the NBA playoffs in 30-point games with six. I mean, <laughs> I I went back and forth all year about whether or not I thought Kevin Durant and Giannis were the best players. And my consensus all year was actually that if Durant was healthy, he's the best. I'm no longer of that belief. I got a question for you. Yeah. Why Nikola Jokic just won back-to-back MVPs? Why is it that his name is never thrown in the conversation? You think it's because the Nuggets aren't that relevant? You think it's because he doesn't play a sexier style of basketball like Giannis does? He's a center. Like, what do you think it is? I think Giannis should have won the MVP this year. Is what I think. Okay. But I don't know. You're right. I think Giannis does everything, and yes, he does everything too. But he's not as athletic as Giannis. You think Giannis could carry his team better than Jokic can? He has carried his team better than Jokic did. Yeah. That's the thing. I sit here and I watch this guy. And honestly, God, I've watched a lot of him this postseason, Giannis. Yeah. I think he's much watched. I think he's must watch TV. I've never seen somebody 
this skilled and this different playing basketball. Yeah. I really have. He's huge. He's fast. He's tough. He could shoot a little bit. He could get to the basket like anybody else. He's quick at fight. They were talking about Giannis is 81% at the rim and 33% everywhere else. So it really, you know, is impressive to think that the guy makes one out of three shots from outside right under the rim or, you know, dunking the ball or whatever. And he's still able to put up 30 points a game. I mean, that's how consistently he's getting to the basket, to the free throw line. Like he is unstoppable. He really is. You can't, you can't do anything about him. You can try to just limit it as much as possible. There's no stopping him. And I think they're going to win the NBA finals. They're going to win the series. There's a lot of finals. Okay. Um, There's a lot of Jason Tatum, like KD hype all of a sudden. I was just about to say Jason Tatum. He's a stud, but we really, I think, I think he's really easily a top 10 player. And I don't know if he's what's, what's the top five, but would you say the top five is right now? Um, Giannis, Giannis, KD, KD. Is Curry still in there? Jokic, I mean, uh, not Jokic, Embiid, Doncic, Doncic. Maybe Steph's right outside there. I mean, maybe Steph six. I'd say, I'd say, I don't think I'd put LeBron. I'd say Tatum's ahead of LeBron. After that, wow, really? I think, I I mean, I got to look at the, you know, well, then you're going, you're going pretty recent bias then. You're not looking back at the past couple of years. You're really just doing based off this year. I, I don't know, dude. I mean, pull it up Tatum last year 26 points uh seven rebounds four assists this year 26.9 points eight rebounds four assists I don't think that's recency bias I I think think that's I think I gotta step back for a sec from what we just said I think LeBron still deserves the top five I mean, okay. I know I know the team's not in the playoffs this year, and we're so used to him, you know, being in contention, being in the finals, whatever. But he really did everything he could. I mean, he put up 30 a game this year and shot efficiently. So he actually had one of his more efficient seasons in recent memory. You know what's funny, Steph? Um, Steph's three point percentage was down this year by like 30 points, 30, like 30 points. 30, what? Like, it, he's usually around, he's uh, a career uh, 428, uh, 42% three point from three point. He's, uh, I'm sorry, he's at 380, 38%. I'm sorry. Hey, am I right? I'm saying 30 points. I get what you but, mean. But 4%, down 4%. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm a genius. I don't know. Maybe you're right about, maybe you're right about LeBron. Let me see LeBron very quickly. But yeah, it is, um, it's insane. Um, all right. What else we got? They've been very physical in this series. They're letting them play the refs in this Bucks Celtics series, and it's been it's been fun to watch. Yeah, you know, I was watching before. I saw Daniel Tice and um, Bobby Portis like basically throwing each other around in the paint. So you're you're right. They're definitely uh, letting letting things go a little more, which you like. You like to see that in the playoffs, especially between two powerhouse teams like these. You don't think the winner of the series wins the championship? I think 
most most out of any of the teams, you know, I think they had or any of the series, they have the best shot. Um, whoever wins, I think the Bucks win now. I think that game is just a crusher for the Celtics, and they can't come back from that. Um, and I mean, game five is a huge swing game for a series, and losing it at home in that fashion, I don't think they can come back from that. So, uh, yeah, I would say from a betting odd standpoint and uh, and probability, I think the Bucks have the best shot. Yeah, I got the Bucks. I like the Bucks. This is without Chris Middleton too. I don't know if he comes back. Drew Holiday is a great player. I mean, yeah, very good player for his whole career. He's been, you know, borderline star, all star level his whole career. Also, very quickly right now, we got the Memphis um, Warriors game going on. Memphis is up 20 with two and a half minutes ago in the first half. Uh, they've been very good without John Moran, who's not playing, and he's going to be out most likely for the remainder of the playoffs. They are 20 and five without him. Makes you think. Um, yeah, they're at home. So would you give him the Supermax contracts at the end of the season? Five years, $220 million. I mean, I think you got to after the last season he had. But okay. when you think about it, you know, they, they like you're saying, I mean, they can hold their own without him. So if you want to save that money and go after a free agent or something, you can. I know there's no Supermaxes for free agents, but you can. I think you do. I think you do. I think you give it to him. But right. I don't know. So we got that. Uh, Warriors look good, though. They're up 3-1. I think they win that series. Warriors are another complete team. I, I mean, when you look at the teams in the playoffs, that's why I said before defense is back. Um, a lot of really good defensive teams. I mean, the Warriors, the Bucks, the Heat, and the Celtics are all great defensive teams. Um, I want to bring this up because I just remembered it. My problem, or the yeah, NBA, someone hear your problem. The NBA's problem. They need to figure out this whole thing with the fans. I mean, this yeah. is getting this is bad and this is stupid now. Um, and we're seeing it not just in the NBA. We're seeing it in baseball, which you saw the incident with the Yankees a couple weeks ago. Um, but most recently, you saw the incident with Chris Paul and some young fan. I mean, the kid. It looked like a kid, like a teenager or whatever. Um, yes. I, I think the kid said something or, or hit a, or touched or whatever. One of Chris Paul's family members. I'm not sure what, exactly what happened, but this is not the first time something has happened this year. We've seen Kyrie and a bunch of incidents uh, with him and, and other players. It's bad. And the, the NBA needs to figure it out because they're, they're pissing off their players. They're getting a bad look uh, in, in, from a media standpoint. Um, and you, they're starting to build a little bit of a more hostile environment for, for other fans to, to join. I mean, you're seeing that you want to take your kids to a sporting event and you're seeing that on TV of players yelling at fans and, and, you know, just these viral videos of security kicking people out and this and that, you don't want to take your kid there. I think it's a, it's a societal problem. It is. And people feel as though they can get away with absolutely anything they do break the law we'll be fine people think but, like they're at the zoo yeah and, and like it's they're like human beings they're not you know you can't like throw things at them and say whatever the hell you want what can, you know what when did fans become you know these the self-righteous you know idiots where they just believe that oh i paid a ticket to get into this event i can do whatever the hell i want right they do and have a problem you're 100 right about that I, and even even you know nfl games i saw videos a while ago you know of uh, 
a big fight that broke out. And we went to a game earlier this year, um, the week two game. And there were, there was a kid behind us. And I remember thinking like the amount of people screaming and they're so drunk and there's so many people there and it's so intense. Of course there's fight. That's not an environment for a kid. Yeah. An NFL game is not an environment for a kid. I think the, um, the NBA may have to get rid of courtside. I don't know what they're going to have to do. Um, you could keep courtside and, and, and push back the regular stands. I don't know what they're going to want to do with that, but you're right. I think it's a societal issue. I think people just think they could say whatever the hell they want. And all of a sudden, you know, they get, people are shocked. People are shocked nowadays. If you just say something ridiculous and somebody like wants to fight you or like confront you about it. (laughs) Yeah, but they're like, "What? Well, that's ridiculous!" Like, how I could say whatever the hell I want? Like, well, technically, yeah, like it's a free country, but no, like people also have the freedom to be pissed at what you said and want to kick your ass. So, you know, not good. It's not good at you're all. Right. You're not you're wrong. Not, you're you're not like I said. You're not at the zoo. You can't just yell and and you know, they're human Talk. beings. They're human beings. Like, you're not God. Yeah. Yeah. So fix it. Fix it, NBA. Fix it. They got to figure it out. And they can't punish the teams. I mean, that's unfair. You can't find teams. There's nothing they can do about it. But they need to come up with something. Um, what do you want to talk about? Very quickly, before we move on to a quick NFL segment, uh, what do you think of Kyrie Irving? As a, a, a man? What, what do you mean? Um, I should have gave you a better question. Yeah. So today the Nets sent out like a, a season ticket. Uh, you know, oh, here are our season tickets. I put a picture of the team. They put Ben Simmons, Kevin Durant, Joe Harris, and Cam Thomas. No Kyrie Irving. Now Kyrie has the option to opt out of his contract to become a free agent, which most people think he will do and has a chance for a Supermax. Would you give it to him? Gone. I think he's good as gone. I would not give it to him. Um, I think the Nets are screwed, to be honest with you. I think they should just tear it down now while they can. And I've announced I've announced that I am um nobody what's cares. The word? Nobody I'm cares. taking my fandom away from the Brooklyn Nets and I am joining a new team after free agency. I'll make the decision. Okay. You're a free agent this year. But uh all seriousness, well, they have Durant locked up for another three years, <laughs> but Eh, Kyrie Irving's difficult, and if you heard Sean Marks's comments, just completely calling him out, saying we want guys that are going to be here, we want guys that are committed to the team, that are about themselves, that'll do do everything they can to be with the team. It's an interesting conversation, which will definitely be had another day. But um, he's a weird cat, and if he was performing and if he was there all the time with no issues, you would say, okay, he's so great, and the team's playing well. But he's a weird dude, and that's what you get with him but you get all of this mixed with not playing. It's not good. So they're going to have a big decision to make very quickly with the NFL. Uh, Tom Brady is going to be paid 10 years, $375 million to be NF, uh, Fox NFL's lead game analyst on Sundays. It's when so he retires. Stupid. It's so stupid. And it's not, it's not me being a Tom Brady hater. I'm just mad at this in general. And I have been, um, you can't, how can you, you're a broadcasting major. How can you be looking for a career in broadcasting, going to school, busting your ass, you know, hoping to to sniff a job as amazing as that, 
and you're just seeing these former athletes with zero to minimum, little to nothing of experience in broadcasting, signing these mega contracts and getting all the national games. And it's stupid. It's really, I, I don't like it. I'll tell you how I feel. First off, the money's insane. And most people won't see that. But it does drive up the price for other things. It drives up the price for radio. And it just, you know, the whole industry, it drives up the price. And if these guys are not good, they'll be gone. Romo's great at what he does. He gets paid a lot of money. If he wasn't good, he wouldn't be paid. If Brady is not good, he won't be there. That's it. It'll be done. I think Brady's going to be fantastic. Brady's just got to be honest. He's got to be able to call people out. And if he does that, I think he'll be unbelievable because he's got the personality. But it's tough. You know, it's always gone to former players like that. You know, the big national games. And, you know, you, you hope you break in some other way. You hope you break in, you know, doing radio. And hopefully if you're that good, then maybe you will be the next one. But not making that money. You won't make that money. Because they'll be able to market Tom Brady. They're able to market, you know, Troy Aikman. They're able to market Tony Romo. You can't market Joe, Joe Buck or Jim Nance or Al Michaels. You can't do that. Maybe Al Michaels a little bit, but you can't market those other guys. That's why they get paid less. It's true. But I don't know. It, it's, it's, ob- it's an obvious uh, marketing thing, an attention grabber. I mean, why would they? Well, they're not exactly. You know, they're not signing. That's why a great broadcaster. Well, that's the same. That's why Brady's getting that money. But exactly. there's some guys that they need. Like this is a, a a smaller example, but the Yankees. They've been experimenting a little bit lately, having some guys on the show. They've had Cameron Maben on a lot, who I actually enjoy. I think he's done. A I really, job. really like Cameron. Maben. Um, Carlos Beltran was on horrible he was he was terrible and it was it's such a random thing too like carlos beltran like last time i checked he's actually not not a fan favorite of the yankees um you know kind of was the mastermind behind the sign ceiling thing with the him and cash i mean cash yeah um but yeah he he has not been good at all his his analysis has been like super dry and just like you could tell he's very uncomfortable and Cameron Maven's like a pretty, he's pretty much a natural, but he's um, seen jam. Oh, sorry. Siri. Sorry. Oh no, 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 please. I listen to Maven. I think this guy's been doing it for 15 years. Yeah. He's great. He, just the way he sounds and the conviction in his voice. I don't know what he's saying. True. I think it is. But, then you, listen, but, but then you listen to guys like a rod, you know, we know how that Sunday night uh, baseball experiment went, and you're like, this is terrible. Maybe it's been great. I'm happy for – I'm happy. I, I'm Jason happy that yes, man, found somebody. Remember Jason Witten? Awful. Oh, my God. Awful. He was horrible. I'll tell you right now, I think color – I've done both in baseball and football. I think color is more difficult. Yeah. It's more difficult. You got a lot of things to balance. I mean, you're – you're announcing the game, but you're also it's a visual presentation. You know, you're yeah, but you're but it's like you're not the guy doing drops back to pass and it's caught and it's a touchdown. You're you're not that guy. You gotta bounce off right. what he said, well, bounce off. 
Yeah, well, there's there's a lot more uh, air to fill as a color commentator because when you're a, a radio person, you know, you're just listening. The only reason your purpose is to announce and tell the person what's going on in the game. You don't have to do that when you're a color analyst because the person's looking at the game. They know what's going on. Instead, right. you need to talk about other things and, you know, go break analysis, break down things. And, and that's why it's tougher. I think our mock drafts went well. Um, I, I'm like the Jet Whisperer. You are. I, I, nailed, I nailed both of the Jets picks. It's great work. I was impressed with. Um, I was a giant fan. Thrilled with uh, how it went. Got Kayvon Thibodeau, got Evan Neal. Two massive needs. And Kayvon Thibodeau, wearing number five, just like my beat my boy D right. So to grab the number five jersey. Well, yeah. How about you? I'm happy. I know you're happy. It's up very, very, very happy. And Jimmy uh, Johnson, that's huge. Um, the only thing that sucks is it's like four months till the season. It's so far apart. You got ba- we got baseball though. Um, rumor is schedule leak. Rumor is Jets got Sunday night against uh I will be shocked. It has been the last Sunday night game was the butt fumble, and that wasn't even a Sunday night game. It was a Thanksgiving game, but it was like Sunday night. Ten football years, pro- ten years like ago. Sunday night football programming. It's been ten years since we were on Sunday night football, so that would be a, a nice treat if we can be. The thing is, you got to get selected for the Sunday night football show. You're not guaranteed Sunday night football. You're guaranteed Monday night, and you're guaranteed a yep. Thursday night. Exactly. You're not guaranteed Sunday night. So, sounds like the Jets are getting one this year. That's that's good stuff. So. I'm happy for so. that. I don't get my hopes up too much. I'll believe it when I see it. From the rumors, I think the opening game is Bills Rams. Bills at Rams. It's a nice game. You want to know Thanksgiving? No. What? What is it? Commanders Lions. That's terrible. That's horrible. Bengals at Cowboys. Good. Bills and Ravens. Good. That first game is terrible. Can we take the Lions off Thanksgiving? I, I'm, I'm in. I don't care about the tradition. I don't care. It's it's horrible. I'm sorry. Yeah, we're good with them. We're good with them. We're good with this episode, I think, too. I think Long we one, are. But we needed it mm-hmm. because, um, you know, we haven't been here in a while. So, good to be back. Uh, we're back next week. Hopefully we have a great weekend for our baseball teams and hopefully we get the better weather because here in New York, it has not been good. It has not. Anything you got to say? Uh, no, excited for the schedule release. And that's just about it. That's big time. Yeah. We'll talk about the schedule release. Maybe we'll give early uh, predictions for our Jets and Giants. Give you, give you a win total. Yeah. I like the over on the Giants, by the way. All right. We'll talk to you guys next time.